You now are listening to the audio podcast of Prisoners of Hope, the antidote to what ails your heart. I'm your host, Dr. Deborah Witsis. So come on in, pull up a chair, and open up your mind as you get ready to receive the download that hope will bring. Well, good day. It's Dr. D. And today we're going to talk about paradox, contradiction. If you're on the YouTube channel, you'll see a very interesting guest. So check it out. It has two men. One is orange and one is um, aqua color. And they're both testing the same point in the water. So check that out. When I talk about paradox, I don't mean an MD and a PhD. <laughs> Those are both, that's a paradox, but we're talking about contrary, contradictory statements are propositions that are both true. Both things are true. A paradox can be defined according to Webster as a situation, person, or thing that combines contradictory features are quality. On the YouTube channel, you see two signs that came up. One says, don't enter. And the other one says, enter. But they're on the same uh, signpost. <laughs> and there's another sign that came up that says one way. And it points both ways. One way. These two road signs are considered paradoxes. I want to have some fun and talk about some paradoxical words, phrases, or concepts. The word jumbo shrimp. <laughs> when you use the word jumbo, it denotes something that is very large. And if you call somebody a shrimp, it indicates somebody who's small and insignificant, correct? So there you got jumbo shrimp, large, small. <laughs> <laughs> Large shrimp, but they're shrimp, they're small. Attractive nuisance is a legal term. In tort law, it is an attractive nuisance. For example, if you have a property and the property has a swing set, and around the swing set is a uh, snake pit. <laughs> and a child wanders on your property and gets bitten, you're in trouble. The tort law is a legal term because you have made that swing set a attractive, attractive, but nevertheless, it was a nuisance. <laughs> postal service. Well, postal service. Really? Does anybody like going to the post office? The other day, I think they had me prepared for this podcast episode. I was at the post office. When I walked in, there was four people in line. After 20 minutes of waiting, and, and all I needed was a stamp because the machine was broken, so I couldn't get a stamp. <laughs> After 20 minutes of waiting, I turned around, and the line was like 15 people deep beyond me. There was two counters open. 
Postal Service. Okay, two counters. One guy closes the counter, his counter. And I thought, well, that means he's going on break. Got to go to lunch. No, what he did was go in the back and talk to his friend and shuffle some boxes around for 15 more minutes. <laughs> so that service trip cost me over an hour to get one stupid stamp. I was so glad that the postal office, I don't want to call it service, lived up to his name because it was no postal service at all. The concept of self-service. Now, if you are doing it yourself, there's no service involved, <laughs> right? Next concept, bittersweet. <laughs> if you're on the channel, you can see a guest that's pretty interesting. It has a woman with a fan, and she passes the fan in front of her face. One time she's smiling. The other time she is crying. So bittersweet basically means that you're sad and happy at the same time, right? Bitter but sweet. A friend asked me how I felt about being retired. I told him that I had mixed feelings, happiness and joy. <laughs> mixed feelings, bittersweet. Another phrase or concept is that we drive on the parkway and we park on the driveway. <laughs> How crazy is that? Can you imagine being a foreigner trying to learn the language? <laughs> You're like, but you park there. No, you drive there. But you drive there. No, you park there. <laughs> Very confusing. Life is full of paradoxes. For example, the only constant on this planet, the only constant thing is change. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're going to tell me something is constant? And then you're going to dash my hopes to say the only thing that's constant is that you will constantly have to deal with change. The more valuable or available something is, the less you will want it. Saying that correctly, the more available something is, I said that wrong at first, <laughs> the less you will want it. If you're on the YouTube channel, a sign came up that says fully booked. Now, that's valuable because all the tickets are sold out. <laughs> so you see that's, that as valuable because it is not available. For example, if diamonds were like rocks that got into your shoes as you walked along the road, then diamonds would not be valuable. Because there's too many of them. It's, they're available every place. But diamonds are valuable because they're fully booked. <laughs> In other words, they're rare. The more you try to impress people, the less people will be impressed by you. <laughs> the more you try to impress, the less people will be impressed. You know, I use an example of the Met Ball. You know, the Met Balls where all the celebrities and famous people and beautiful people, they get together and they wear a lot of these outfits are outrageous. <laughs> if you're on the channel, you'll see a picture of a man and a woman that came up. The woman looks like she is wearing 
a furry bedspread, okay? And the man looks like he's wearing a quilted uh, blanket. Maybe I, I sense a theme. They're both going as uh, accoutrements for your bed. <laughs> you know, and I, you know, they spend, a, I'm sure, a lot of money on both of these outfits. And they thought, oh, this is really going to impress people. But they're kind of ridiculous looking. They're, 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 it's not impressive. Matter of fact, normal people laugh at what some of the celebrities choose to wear to this net ball. The more choices you have, the less you're satisfied with each one of the choices. <laughs> As a child, I remember when we lived in Germany, my mother took me to a candy store. And Germany's famous for these candy stores, you know, like the little gummy bears are made in in Europe and Germany. It was the biggest candy store that I had ever seen. To put it in perspective, it was the f four times the size of a Rocket Fizz candy store. My mother told me I could pick any one type of candy I wanted. And guess what I did? I had a meltdown in the middle of the store because I couldn't make a decision. There were too many choices available and none of them I felt would satisfy me because there were just too, too many available. Now, this might be true of a nine-year-old child, but what, what about adults? Is this concept true with adults? Well, have you ever collected, being a collector or collected item? Coin, stamps, money, people, whatever. You, you always find yourself not being satisfied with your collection, even though you have so many items, choices in your collection. You're always looking for the next best thing, so you'll be satisfied. The more you fail, the more likely you are to succeed. And if you're on the YouTube channel, there is a very interesting gif. I'll describe it. It looks like a man who's trying to jump between two canyons. He keeps on hitting a rock and he keeps on trying. He fails over and over again. And finally, he's able to, to clear it. He's able to jump, to do complete the jump. Failure is a prereq for success. So if you keep on failing and failing, like Winston Churchill said, he said, I run from failure to failure with great enthusiasm. Because he knew, see, Winston knew what I know, and hopefully you know now, is the more you fail, you're closer to success. The older you get, or the more you learn, the more you realize how little you know. Have you noticed that? The more you learn, the more you realize I got a lot still to learn. Okay? Ask the doctor that's constantly updating his education. You 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 learn for, for life, being any professional. You have to keep on learning and learning. The more connected we get, the more isolated we feel. And a picture came up of a woman who's staring at her image in a big, uh, looks like a big cell phone in a corner of a room. <laughs> the more connected you, you get, the more lonelier you feel. 
Some of you say, oh, I've got I've got over 100, uh, you know, people on uh, Facebook followers. Have you ever been in a room full of people and still feel lonely? The more connected you get, the more isolated you feel. Matter of fact, the data says 79% of adults age 18 to 24 reported feeling lonely compared to 41% of seniors 66 and older. So 79% of the youngins said that they were lonely. And what you want to bet that they are they are more connected than the seniors who said 41% of them said they were lonely. This research is constant with earlier research, but this one was done in May 26, 2022. This study also showed that higher levels of social media usage, more connected, were related to higher levels of loneliness. Wait a minute. So social media, you go there to be social, but you still feel lonely. A study done recently in January of 2023 by the Kaiser Permanente Group found that people who turned the social media when they were feeling lonely were more lonely after they spent the time on, on a platform. Matter of fact, the study found surprisingly, surprisingly, People felt worse after spending time on social media. So it didn't it didn't help them feel less isolated. It actually made them feel worse and more isolated. And that study was just done in January of this year. The more you are afraid of death, the less you'll be able to enjoy life. The more you're afraid of death, the less you'll be able to enjoy life. I think the Bible says something about that. It says don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries of his own. People worried about what could happen tomorrow. They can't enjoy what's happening now. The more honest you are about your faults, the more people think you're perfect. The more honest you are about your shortcomings, the more people think that you've got it going on. Isn't that interesting? You really relate to a speaker or a person who can be vulnerable with you and tell you some of their dark thoughts or they can share that with you. We tend to see them more positive than people who act like we got it all together, right? Right. All that conversation about paradoxes and paradoxical phrases and sayings and behaviors is to get to this concept called the great paradox of all time. And that comes from the word of God. It says, die to sell, to live eternally with the Lord. There are over 21 verses in the Bible that talks about to die to yourself. Matthew 16:25 says, 
for whoever wants to live or to save their life will lose their life. Whoever loses their life for me will find it. Now that is a paradox. So in order to find life, you have to lose your life. You have to die to self. Galatians 20.20 says, I have been crucified, died with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me to die to yourself. If you look at John 3, verses 3 through 7, it talks about dying to self is part of being born again. The old self dies and the new self comes to life. The last verse I'm going to cover is Colossians 3, 3. It says, for you have died and life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. So the Bible has over 21 verses that talk about die to live, <laughs> die into yourself. Well, how do you die to yourself? Well, I'm glad you asked. You do it by daily renewing your mind. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Again, that's Romans 12, 2. The, what are the various steps for renewing your mind? First of all, you need to carefully choose what you allow in your mind. Guard your heart. Guard it against things that are not healthy. They're not true. Guard your mind against things that are unhealthy and not true. Be careful what you put in. Some people will say to me, well, I'm just all stressed out. You just don't understand. And I and I'm and I ask them, so what's your media habits? Well, I watch the news. OK, that's nice. How long do you watch it? Well, I just have it on all evening. And sometimes I go to sleep to it. You know. Your mind hears thing when you're sleeping as a psychologist, you know, that's the way we can program you your subconscious by playing a tape. So be careful what tape you play as you're going to sleep. You know, the news is chaos. It's not news that I did a podcast and only made 10 mistakes instead of thousands. <laughs> but it would be news if I went downtown, stripped all my clothes off, went to the top of a build building and start shooting people. Now, I would have all of the ABC, NBC, MSN, all of them there. To film that because the news loves chaos and they lie. They're fake news. They'll be like, oh, you know, the tornado is real bad. The waters are coming in. It's up to your waist. And they the cameraman accidentally backs up 
because it's a live shot and you see the reporter standing in an inch of water. Really? I remember when Southern California's had uh, fires. My cousin, I think she was living in New York at the time. She calls me and she goes, oh, my God, all of California's on fire. And I said, first of all, do you know how big California is? All of California is not on fire. But to hear the news tell it, all of California was on fire. So the news, they thrive on chaos. Social media. That's another thing. We we talked about social media earlier in the podcast. Social media. I have a girlfriend who she sits on social media. She's retired. She retired years before me. And she texts me all these things. And recently, I think she figured out that I wasn't reading them. Because I called her uh, the, what did I call her? I called her Chicken Little. Okay. (laughs) CL. I'm like, how are you doing CL? She goes, what does that stand for? Chicken Little. You know the story of Chicken Little. He thought the sky was falling. Because she's always all these bad things. And she's a Christian. She's, oh, this gonna, the world is coming to end, blah, blah, blah. And I said to her, do you know the Bible says no man knows the time or the hour, not even the sun. So the fact that you got a pastor predicting the end of the world or you've got somebody who's whirly on TV talk about everything's going to go to the hell in the handbasket. Okay. Whatever. That's why she's always stressed. She goes, you're not, you don't seem to be stressed. I said, because I don't sit on social media. And I don't like what you're saying. And I don't, and I don't ask you to like what I'm saying. So I'm happier. If, if my, my girlfriend says, well, you, you won't know what's happened. I said, yeah, yes, I will. You'll text me and tell me. So watch what you put in. Let go of worldly ways and put on biblical perspectives or biblical ways. Let go of worldly ways because they lead to hell. Soak up the word of God. And I repeat this almost every podcast. The solution is in the Bible. Any problem you could ever have is in the Bible. With Bible search apps and Google and various other things, you can search out a phrase and they'll tell you exactly where in the Bible that phrase is. That's how I know that there's 21 different passages on dying to self. I searched it on my Bible app. Be a truth seeker. Seek the truth, Bible, and be a speaker of the truth. So be a truth seeker and a truth speaker. Get baptized if you haven't. Matter of fact, Romans 6, 4 through 8 talks about the ritual of baptism. And see, it expresses a commitment of the believer to die to the old sinful way of life. If you look at Romans 6, Verses four through eight, it talks about to be reborn in the new life, die to self with Christ. And if you're on YouTube channel, you will see there's a graphic and the person in the water, it says death. 
being submerged in the water symbolizes dying and being buried with Christ when you go under the water. The action of coming out of the water depicts Christ's resurrection. So being baptized identifies with Christ in his death and resurrection, portraying symbolically the whole life of a Christian as dying to self and living for and with and in him who died for us. Earlier, I think um, I, I said something about Galatians 20.20 20 is actually Galatians 2.20 about dying to self. Galatians 2.20. Don't be lukewarm. You know, being lukewarm is, is um, it kind of indicates it's symbolic of your unwillingness to die to yourself and live for Christ. If you look at Revelations 3:16, it talks about if you are lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. And there's a graphic of a man spitting water out of his mouth. You want to stand on the truth. In other words, say what you mean. And mean what you say. And my therapist says, and don't say it mean. <laughs> so I'll say it again. Say what you mean. And mean what you say. And don't say it mean. So how do you die to self? You daily renew your mind. Get baptized if you have not been. And don't be lukewarm. You know, when you're lukewarm, if you stand on nothing, you're die on anything. So you got to make a stand. There will be no fence sitting. You're going to have to choose a side. My prayer for you is that the paradoxes of life will help you stand on the truth. God bless. Until next time, Dr. D. My hope is that this journey has been fruitful and you're able to take it and apply it to your life. Until next time, tune in again for the Prisoners of Hope podcast. God bless.